Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to episode 173 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, and with a mouthful of baby carrot, I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with dreams of an egg sandwich that she would like to be eating soon, my co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Um, Mouthful of baby carrot is not a euphemism, uh, although it's (laughs) sort of um, appropriate that we are talking today about a uh, song by Murray Head. I'm speaking, of course, of One Night in Bangkok, because what other song did he have? I mean, I guess he had a bunch. Apple Music let me know some things. His other chart hit was that he reached number 14 with a recording of the title song from Jesus Christ Superstar, because concept albums for rock musicals uh, became his bread and butter, apparently. Huh. Okay. So he and uh, Yvonne Elliman can uh, hold hands in our uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. One Night in Bangkok, when it came out, I was obsessed with the song. Um, and I apparently am not the only one. This is a multiple listener listener request. Uh, both Jay Pelican and Debbie H. asked us to talk about this song uh, quite a while ago. When it came out, I had no idea, like... I didn't know that it was from a show. I didn't know anything about it. A lot of the lyrics were kind of like, I I felt like something transgressive might be happening, but I wasn't exactly sure. Listening to it again, it's a little bit shocking that this like went over. Of all the, at the my husband, Andrew made the point last night of saying, just so you know, this is not even the eighth, best song in chess that should have been a radio hit and uh he just wanted to make sure that that was on the record as his position okay (laughs) um well let's listen to a clip and then we will discuss the uh (laughs) we'll discuss the radio hit that was yes science going to be the witness to the ultimate test of cerebral fitness this grips me more than would a muddy old river or reclining Buddha. But thank God I'm only watching the game, controlling it. I don't see you guys rating the kind of mate I'm contemplating. I'd let you watch. I would invite you, but the queens we use would not excite you. So you better go back to your bars, your temples, your massage parlors. One night in I mean, this song was a number three hit in the 80s. The, sh- the shit is a disaster. Like, this is a catastrophically shitty song that I love. Yeah, um, that, 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 it, yes. And yet, it. It, there, there is actually on paper no justification for this. Like, no. there's, and yet, and here we are. It's also like, I mean, I think that in some ways it's problematic, like, 
pointedly, like in a satirical way. Like, but I mean, there are, um, there are nods to like the local music that just feel like, you know how whenever like a crappy show cuts to Paris and then immediately the fucking accordion starts, <laughs> it's like yes. this. And then like, I think there's a gong at some point and you're just like, oh my God. But then they're talking about like drag shows and sex tourism. And it was the eighties. Like, I think they were just counting on people not really getting the references. Yes. But then Okay, the synthesizer is, like, hostile. It's so over the top. I love it. This accent, it, what is this accent? Cause, what okay. is this, like, borscht-y, sure I know, like, uh, okay, you're English. Calm down. Because Murray Head in chess is playing the American. Because the, the, the musical chess, how well do you know it, by the way? Um, I know this song. That's it. Okay, so... What I'm about to say to you is going to sound like I'm it's made up, but it isn't. <laughs> Hello, Adam Grossworth. You are here with us in spirit. Um, the musical Chess, which is written by Benny and Bjorn from ABBA, along with Tim Rice. So they are the ones who wrote this song. All right. It already sounds made up. Continue. Uh, so Benny and Bjorn and Tim Rice wrote this musical about a on an ongoing rivalry between an American and a Russian chess player player like two chess masters one american one russian play competitive chess around the world and it's a metaphor for the cold war okay i mean i'm and, not sure that's even a metaphor like that's some pretty <laughs> texty subtext but okay. yes and then there's also a love story in there that um was uh helped the very famous british musical theater performer elaine page rise to fame uh, she sings a song called I Know Him So Well. That oh, Whitney yeah, H- I know that song. Okay. And Whitney Houston later recorded a duet version of that song with her mother. So, um, like, I don't know what to say, do, think, feel about that. But that song... I don't want to um, think about it anymore. Never bring it up again. <laughs> but Thanks. that song was... That is the that is probably the other song that is the best known from this Yeah, I forgot show. that that was also... Because that is the song that actually makes some kind of fucking sense outside of the context of the musical. Because what I cannot get over with One Night in Bangkok being a hit is that the lyrics to the song are, they're about the American saying that he's not going to be distracted by the vice of Thailand because he's got to play a chess game. That's actually what the song is about. I had never really paid that much attention to the lyrics until we started prepping this episode. But then I read the lyrics in preparation and he's just like walking around saying... I don't have time to be seduced by child prostitutes because I have to keep my head in this chess game. And he's just talking about it over and over and over again. And there's, it, it, it's, it's a patter song from a musical that is just sort of setting the scene for act two. And yet it became a hit. It's, well, it's, it's so deliciously weird... mind boggling. There was this sense at the time, like, I don't know if you remember like hearing it when it was charting at the time. I remember the video being on MTV yeah. and being like interested by it. It there was the sense that you had walked into a conversation, like you were just eavesdropping on a conversation about like people you didn't know. Right. There, there was that sense at the time that it's like there is a context here that I don't have, but the synthesizer was just so um forceful in its convictions that uh you just kind of went with it. Yes. It's also in that I would put this with 
putting on the Ritz and Der Commissar, that there's like a, an extremely. And Rock Me Amadeus. Yes. There's an extremely ersatz and yet simultaneously deeply sincere class of almost novelty hits of this time, sort of like the early to mid 80s. It's like we like we don't really know what's happening here narratively and probably cocaine is the culprit but it this like these things happened and were allowed to be popular and and loved even though have you seen toy story 4 no i haven't songs like this are like forky (laughs) which is this like toy that basically she makes out of like a spoon and some popsicle sticks and a couple of pipe cleaners. And it is a like homely platypus ass creature, but she, the kid loves it. Bonnie loves it. And that these songs are like that to me. I mean, I think that chess, you know, that was a fully realized story and this song is a story within that story and i'm like i'm really not trying to put it down by grouping it with those other songs but there is something about it that's just very not home sewn but just like a a platypus like who says god doesn't make mistakes (laughs) kind of thing just it's just very like awkward but also deeply felt and fun because it's so weird yeah and i think that there is something about the taco song dare commissar she blinded me with science yes one night in bangkok uh uh rock me amadeus that there's this they're so weird but they're so confident yes and there's no i mean i understand that buster poindexter singing or not no that's a feeling hot 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 that's uh, another right. one. But like, but Taco singing, putting on the Ritz, and it's called, the artist's name is Taco. It's yeah. like, there is a certain irony to that, of course. There is. I mean, there just is like a huge camp. It's also camp, but there's the confidence of camp. And it's like, yes. And it, it's so very British, too. And I, I like, it, you know, because this is also the same well that provided us, honestly, with. West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys. Like, they're a super camp act that just was a little bit less... Th- their music is a little bit more... Uh, it's uh, Their music is less gaudy. But there's, right. like, that camp... And then you've got all of this happening in the context of the Culture Club and Durant George Michael's D- and George Michael's little white shorts in uh, the Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go video. Like, British camp was so... Im- important and I, I feel like obviously i'm not the first person to say this but you've blown my mind by making me see it in a new way huh yeah i i mean i am absolutely not qualified to relate all of this to um like thatcherian england and the uh, sort of the um digesting of a certain grim grayness in historical life um paired with this like frothy uh synthesized saccharine sparkly eyeshadow uh 
musical life that was happening. I mean, through like all over the world, but especially especially in Brit pop. Like, if you go back to March Madness from last year and you look at the pictures that we were putting on these polls, yes. like there's just really a lot of like zebra stripe sequins happening. Yes, on people named Nigel. So th- this is sort of of a piece with that, but I think that that. I would love to read some like um, cultural history of like you know why why were these things flourishing at that time and you know why why when can that happen again because I think we're sort of in a dark historical time right now and some fun fizzy pop, Casio pop would uh, would be just the thing. Sometimes. Now would be a great time for sleek, the the sleekly ludicrous, because chess yes. is ludicrous, but it is so well made. It's so sleek, and uh, obviously Benny and Bjorn are Swedish. They're not British, but they're still. I'm still. They they still fall under this general umbrella. I think there is a tolerance for the um, beautifully useless. <laughs> Yes, in Scandinavian culture that we yes. do, we might not have or might not uh, come by as naturally. But we certainly made these songs hits, and of course, this was also around the time that Pac Man Fever was a hit. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh my God, the true novelty song. It's the, we don't the get the enough. Super Bowl Shuffle was around now. Yes, I, I feel like really the we haven't had that many true novelty songs be hits recently, except for what does the fox say. Which, of course, I love. Yeah, what is the last one before that? I mean, there's like, I guess, Baby Shark, but that's not exactly in the same genre. Or maybe um, Weird Al had a... happy? Weird Al had a top ten hit with his parody of Ride and Dirty called White and Nerdy. Uh So that's like a... But it's not quite the same. Like a parody is not the same. It's just a truly stupid novelty song. Yeah, it's true. I guess it's like uh, when when that one song about uh, the the Gregory Brothers auto tuned the news, and that yes. guy was like raping every hide your kids, hide your wife. That song was a hit, so that counts. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean, did Double Rainbow actually end up being like a song that was on a chart, or was it just it, like everybody memeing it to death, and it just felt like it was on the charts? It was the latter, but uh, yeah, that whole era of like auto tuned hits was uh definitely in this vein as well Mm, yeah oh i I also feel like that one night in bangkok is such a perfect example of our willingness as pop music listeners to just forgive whatever the verses are doing if the chorus is good yeah because you're like blah 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 one night in bangkok and the world's your and the the lyrics to the chorus are general enough that it's like it doesn't have to be about chess. I'm just singing that the world's my oyster. And like you know that I love a little uh, horn in the in the chorus, even if it's fake, even if it's like from the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, into it. So you know, baby carrots, head, horn, torny, oysters, abba, yeah. Tim Rice. <laughs> It all sort of, you put it into a blender, Yvonne Element is there, it works yes. somehow. And then uh, whatever comes out, Alison Krauss slows it down and plays it with a banjo. <laughs> well, I do want to say this is a great request. So thank you to both of our listeners who brought it to the table because 
this song is so weird and it's so emblematic of an entire era of weirdness and uh it was great to think about it yeah it really was thank you so much for the request and uh again listeners if you know of any cultural history that can talk about how duran duran (laughs) relates to late 70s british politics obviously here for it and uh, also, we would love to hear your requests, so please do listen to the contact information that plays in our closing bumper, and let us know what songs you would like to hear us discuss in an upcoming episode. For sure. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the ritz. Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes and cutaway coat, perfect fits. Putting on the ritz. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash And as always, thank you for listening. And lots of dollars spending every dime for a wonderful time. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the ritz. Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes and cutaway coat, perfect fits. Putting on the ritz. Dress up like a million dollar trooper. Trying hard to look like Gary Cooper. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.